coasted. No one ever coasted. How many know what coasting means? They let your foot off the brake and let the car move on. So, But it's not about that. No one ever coasted their way to success. You have a job to complete, so you can't coast your way to success. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word at this time. We thank you, Lord, once again, Father God, each and every one of our eyes are open to gain greater insight and revelation, Father God, that as your Holy Spirit speak to us as individuals, Father God, we will glean it, Father God. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, that each and every one of us, Father God, are not only hearers of the word, but Father God, we are doers of the word. So Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, it's interesting to go on a diet. You know, I've been on a diet for a little bit here. Um, and I found that dieting can be a challenge. Um, one must be focused on what foods one can eat and other foods that have to be totally eliminated before you can reach your goal. Um, but once the goal is met, hallelujah, you know, you lost that weight, get down to a place where you want to be. Once that goal is met, there still needs to be a maintaining or maintenance program, I should say, to keep a proper balance of food consumption. Amen? Some of you never, some of you are so lucky you don't ever have to uh, go on a diet. Okay. Um, as as uh, as followers, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been called into a race. We must uh, expend everything in effort to, to win that race. Uh, spiritual trophies are not won by those who warm the bench. So if you're a bench warmer, you know, if we're going back to the diet thing, if you just... You know, I'm going on a diet, but you just kind of let coast, coast through it. You're a bench warmer. The crown of victory, uh, which is bestowed, will not be given to those who have fallen by the wayside or have dropped out of the race. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That's, uh, again, again, wow, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Be not weary in doing well. God's on your side. So anything that you put your hand to shall prosper. Glory to God. So uh, some of us uh, need to put our hands out there and do what we're supposed to do, whatever, whatever diet you're on. I'm not going to talk too much about my diet, but... I've lost a few pounds. Um, going back to if, you're, if you've been trying to run a race, uh, I think most of us at that one time or another uh, in school, they had ra a race. You had to race from one point to another or uh, 
can remember merry-go-round and all that type of stuff. You could race from run around. You know, Farmer and Dale, some of you. Anybody? Nobody else? Remember some of these things? Boy, don't tell me I'm going back to my second childhood. But anyway, you know, Farmer and Dale, you, you, you get tagged and you have to run around and get, try to get back to your spot. You know, that's winning a race. You want to win, win the race, okay? Uh, maybe the race that you're running is hard. Why are there other runners faster than you or me? What's wrong in your race? Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. That's Hebrews chapter 12. That's Hebrews chapter 12. Why, what's wrong? Why are people running faster than us? Or maybe not you, but for those that may be slowing down, we'll find out here. Hebrews chapter 12, looking at verse 1. Therefore, or pardon me, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. Here we go. Let us lay aside every weight and sin with dust so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So, there's that weight. Some of us are carrying extra weight in the race. Now, in, in, uh, I know in certain races, like in, in uh, horse racing, sometimes they have to put extra poundage on, on a couple of horses to even up the race. And even in, in car racing, uh, like the 24-hour uh, endurance races, some of the cars what are called penalized. They put extra weight on them because they are so fast that they the other cars can't keep up with them. So they put the weight on that car to make it an even race between this guy that's so fast, you have to put the weight on to slow him down, and the guy that's a little bit slower doesn't have that uh, disadvantage. And so they, when they run the race or run the course, both cars are equal, should be equal in running in the race. Okay? So it says here, again, let us lay aside every weight. So there's, there's a weight that we have that's holding us down. Um, maybe we're not taking our race, our spiritual race, uh, serious or seriously enough. Uh, you can tell by how much baggage or weight you're trying to run with. We're supposed to lay off the old man, but many of us in the race bring the old man with us because there are certain things that we like about the old man. So we are burdened down in the race. And, and when we bring the old man there, we are not going to finish where we should be. Um, there are some things that... Uh, as believers or disciples of the Lord, we must do to achieve our goal or our destiny. Weights that must be laid aside are either sinful or, in some instances, legitimate activities. You know, there's some things that uh, they're good, but they are a weight to us. You know, um, I'll tell you an activity that's around my house. Um, you know, 
I have a set time to read the Bible. And sometimes, you know, this is towards, towards the evening. And so the wife may be in the living room, and I'm in the kitchen or the office there, reading, and she puts on a TV program that I dearly like or watch. So I have this weight upon me now, and I'm leaning to hear what's going on with the program, but I'm not getting anything out of my race, reading my, pro, uh, my word. So, you know, there, there are certain things that are legitimate. I should be able to do that at another time, or maybe I should restrict the TV to the wife. But, but at any course, something, there may be something like that in your life that uh, slows you down your race. I, for one, the other day I got to drive downtown I went to Harbor Freight, which is uh, in town, to look at, see some tools I possibly want to get. They're going to be having a sale. And right across from Harbor Freight at a diagonal is Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> now, I haven't been in that, and they do have a drive up. And I was really thinking, you know, you know I think I'll, I'll be going there, I said. You know, I like um, ice coffee, but it was not a warm day, so I couldn't get the iced coffee. I didn't have a, an excuse to go there and get an iced coffee and look at the array of donut holes and donuts and the eclairs and so forth. So, you know, there again, there's that, I'm in a race, but sometimes something pulls you off. And we can't have that as Christians. Okay? Okay. Some things are not harmful within themselves, but we must give them up to serve the Lord or mature more in the Lord, okay? Uh, winning a race is going to require some focusing and intense training. Now, I think all of us have... Uh, been in schools and maybe been on some teams or, you know, and you have to, maybe it's a running uh, uh, sport or something, and you have to train for it. Or, or the kids that you know that are, are going out for certain uh, after-school activities like football, basketball, whatever it is, track, they what? They practice. They train daily so that uh, they're they can do a job right. Uh, every athlete uh, exercise, should exercise self-control. Amen? In all things. So as Christians, we need to exercise some control about some weights. It says that so easily beset us. Okay. Uh, to, do this, to do this, we have to examine ourselves uh, on what we're wearing or what we're carrying. Okay, uh, newborn Christians are babes in the in the Lord. Okay, uh, they are not expected to be mature for service immediately, but unfortunately, uh, there are many Christians who are old in the Lord or advanced in the Lord, remain spiritual babes because they never give themselves to discipline their growth. Or their maturity. 
So they don't take any training. They don't want to, you know, I'm saved and that's all it need, needs to be. But there's more than just being a babe, amen? So uh, since we're there in Hebrews, let's look at, uh, go to chapter 5. That's Hebrews chapter 5. Glory to God. Look at verse 13. This is talking about babes. Hebrews 5, 13. For everyone that uses milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So there are many Christians that, that are not skilled. They, they don't even know where, they can't even find the book of Genesis or the book of Revelation. You know, they don't know anything about it, but they're, you know, I'm born again, glory, hallelujah, I got my fire insurance. Um, they're just babes. Um, that's Hebrews chapter 5. So let's go to verse um, 11 from the Amplified. That's a, Hebrews 5, 11. Concerning, sir, concerning this, we have much to say, which is a, which hard to explain. Since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone else to teach you over again the first, very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk, not solid food. Wow. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskillful in the doctrine of righteousness, conformity to the divine will and purposes, thought and action. For he is a mere infant, not able to yet to talk. In other words, they can't, they're not going to gain anything. Verse 14, but solid food is for, for full-grown men, for those senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. Glory to God. So, there it is. That spiritual babe that all of us don't want to, well, I don't hate to say it, but a lot of, a lot of Christians remain that spiritual babe. They want to be milk-fed. They, they don't want to go forth and do the works of God. Yet we are supposed to be commissioned uh, to, the, to the Word of God. Learn, turn with me now to 1 Corinthians, just quickly. First, 1 Corinthians chapter... Three. That's First Corinthians chapter three. This is the spiritual babes. First Corinthians chapter three, verse two. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it; neither ye are able to bear it now. So, what, look at that. How many Christians that go to church? Can't take more than one dose of good word. Hello. So they are sluggish and dull of thinking. Okay. Um, go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 12. You know what Romans chapter 12 says, so. We almost look at this. These verses all the time. 
Romans chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Glory. So, we need the, this turnover, a renewing of mind, so that we will grow spiritually and not remain as uh, babes. But even the, the, oh, as you're old in the Lord, you still need the word. You need to still be renewed by the word, not just the little ones. Okay, So we can grow stronger in the things of God. Uh, move forward once again to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 this time. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is what we need to do as we learn to put away the weights that hold us down and keep us in babyhood or childhood. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul writes, verse 11, When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. We need to put away a lot of childish things. Those weights that so easily beset us in our race, with, race to become a, gr a greater Christian. We have to put away the childish things. Okay. Now, let's return to the book of Hebrews. And this time we want to go to Hebrews chapter again chapter 12 and let's look at verse uh, 1 again wherefore seeing that we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily besets us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us okay this what are what are the um, Weights that he's speaking here, of we will find in at the beginning of the book of Hebrews, chapter chapter two, this is what, he, what Paul is actually talking about: these weights that so easily beset us. Here's the weight. That's Hebrews chapter two, looking at verse one. Therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. From the Amplified, it says, since all this is true, we ought to pray much, uh, pay much closer attention to what attention than ever to the truths that we have heard, lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. So, There are things that we have heard that we are not putting into practice. We're, we're letting them slip away. And as they slip away, we, we remain still in our childhood or our babyhood. Um, so we need, it says here, according to this uh, Hebrews 2.1, we need to pay attention to what we're hearing. 
Wrong beliefs weigh you down, entangle your feet, distract your attention, and deplete your energy when you have wrong beliefs. I think we've all been in that boat before. We get on the wrong side of things and it, it just zaps us. Uh, we must identify what weights we have and resolve to do whatever to take them or lay them aside. And of course, uh, you know what Acts chapter 17, 11 says? Do we need to turn there? Acts 17, 11? We need to study out the word to make sure what we hear is true. Okay? This is what we need to do. We need to pay attention because wrong, wrong weights will pull us down. This is what we need to do. Uh, Acts 17, 11. Um, what may be the weight what weight, pardon me, what weight that you have that's troubling may not be a, the same weight for somebody else. So we shouldn't compare our, our maturity with others. Well, I'm a lot mature than so-and-so, or da-da-da, or, or they're not doing so well in that. I can do that. But uh, and if you start crossing things and find out, they possibly be much mature in their way because they're falling through on, on the God's word. They don't let certain things weigh them down. But uh, when we uh, compare ourselves to others, we're, it's not a good thing. Um, laying aside weights and sins isn't a one-time thing. You don't just do it one time. I'm just going to lay. I'm just going to never again go past Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Uh, to lay aside the weights, it, it, it's going to take you to be skillful and constant in the Word of God. Again, I make reference to Acts chapter 17, 11. You need to find out of what you're hearing is true. And if it's not true, toss it in the trash can. If you're not positive, put it on the, on the shelf and, and find out what, other wor what the Word says about that other thing. All right? We also lay, need to lay aside the weight of self-righteousness. Woohoo! And self-satisfaction. One of the greatest foes to spiritual growth is an attitude of self-satisfaction. I can do it all. Attitude is everything. All of us have been guilty of uh, having a critical spirit. Hello. And, other, and, and then patting ourselves on the back for our accomplishments. Yeah, I really did a good job that time. I did well. We pat, pat ourselves on the back. It's not, that's not good. It's like, I, the, like the time I told you when I took the, the old Corvette out to, to race. And I said, I got second. I took second place in my division. That was great. And everybody said, wow, he must be a good driver. Well, there was only one other car there in my division. And he took first. So where did it put me? In last position. 
So, you know, you have to know sometimes we kind of fudge a little bit to make ourselves look better. I pat myself, well, I got, I, you know, anybody come to the house over there, I got my little trophy. It's the second place. I pat myself on the back, yeah. Well, there's nobody else. Second place is actually last place. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we, we give, our, give ourselves credit where it's not really due, okay? So that's why I hide that trophy. Okay. All right. One of the greatest foes of spiritual growth is an attitude of self-satisfaction. Attitude is everything. We all have been guilty of be, uh, having a critical spirit of others, and again, patting ourselves on, uh, on our back for achievements. Uh, let's go to Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 5 this time. That's Matthew, chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Matthew 5, verse 3. Blessed, happy, to be envied, and spiritually prosperous, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of our outward conditions. Are the poor in spirit, the humble who are who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, we need, glory to God, to be humble. Thank you, Lord. To be able to take and receive instructions. Uh, we like that, you know, we're humble, we receive instructions. And we also need to be able to take correction when it comes our way, not fight it. And we need to have meekness and all that. So this is what we need to do. Okay, let's, uh, Matthew, Mark, and let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 18. Where do we stand? Where do you stand? On spiritual. Laying aside every weight that so easily besets us. That's Luke chapter 18. And we'll begin with uh, verse 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves. Isn't that good? They trusted in themselves. That they were righteous and despised others. Hmm. Two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a publican. Not Republican, but publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week. I give my tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing far off would not lift up his, so much his, his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me a sinner. Verse 14, I tell you, Jesus speaking, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalt himself shall be abased, and he that humble himself shall be exalted. So the question is, in our goal to lose weight, are we a Pharisee or are we a publican? What's your label? 
Only you can do it. Okay, Revelation chapter 3. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3. We're going to look at the, the message to the Laodicean church. We'll begin with um, verse 17. Laodicean church, okay? Because thou saidst, I am rich. That's 317. Because thou saith, I am rich, and increasest with goods, and have need of nothing, and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy me a gold tried of fire, that thou may be rich and, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed. And that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. As many as I, I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, to, and repent. Oh, wow, glory to God. Think about it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if any man hears my voice, and open the door. I will come into him, and I will sup with him, and he will be with me. To him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in, in my throne, even as I am. I also overcome, overcame. I am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to his churches. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, this self's satisfying individual in the church uh, remains status quo. He says, I do everything right. Uh, it's either owe me or I need help. Which one are you? As the body of Christ, we cannot permit ourselves to become pious, self-centered, or self-absorbed. That is the beginning of the I, me disease. It's not any good. Um, We also can be saddled with the weight of unforgiving spirit. It keeps us immature. Here's, a, here's one that, a sin that so easily besets us. An unforgiving spirit. Injuries are inedible, whether by action or, or through vain talking. There's no way we can please everyone. You hear that? There's no way we can please everyone. There is no way you can escape Criticism. Somebody's going to criticize you for something. I don't like the way you part your hair. I don't like the cologne you wear. Uh, there, there are those who will deliberately seek to harm you in any way. And we cannot take that offense. Amen? Oh, me. Let's now turn to the book of Matthew. Once again, to Matthew chapter 18 this time. Matthew chapter 18. Glory to God. Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse, we'll begin with verse uh, 21. Matthew 18, 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall I, oft shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times. Boy, that's real good. I, you know, somebody 
comes against me seven times, the same old thing. Um, shall I do it seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until 70 times, but until 70 times seven. Well, that, there's, wow, for the same offense that brother has. We need to forgive them. We cannot hold an offense. Um, as long as our attention is, is directed towards the offending party, he needs forgiveness, right? That in, individual, I pray for you every day because what you did to me, I'm praying for you. You know, it's, you, know it, you need to forgive them, yes, but you need to get off your high horse. Forgive them. Uh, it happens to all of us. There is an effect of unforgiving spirit upon our heart and life, and uh, it's not good. Ill feelings have a way of festering. Bad feelings fester into hate, resentment, evil thoughts, and then evil plans. Now, how many of you ever had got an offense towards somebody, and uh, you try to figure out ways to get even. Well, at least one, there's two of us that are truthful. Boy, I get you. Well, we can't do that. 70 times 70. But we don't. You know, we all, we all fall into that trap. Uh, making evil plants. Boy, I, 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 I can almost taste it. You know, you know boy, it's going to be good to get, get even. See, nobody, nobody feels that way. You're, you're really good out there. So we'll go on. Hate is corro a corrosive force that de destroys your joy and robs your heart of happiness. You're not happy any longer because you want to get even. Every time you see that individual. Hostile feelings are more injurious to you than it is to them because you're the one that's putting out the hate. You're not forgiving. Revenge can consume people's thoughts, their energies, uh, keep them hating and in rage at the forefront of their heart. Uh, this is a stronghold uh, that many have, revenge or hate in people's lives. Uh, and this is one that the enemy enjoys employing to keep you uh, in a bad situation. Road rage. Nobody's ever had that. Okay, I told you about my rage, okay? One, one cannot run the race, a Christian race, life successfully and and carry out a grudge at the same time. You can't be a good Christian and carry out a grudge at the same time. Something, you know, that the Lord says, you can't be unequally yoked. Otherwise, it puts you off, that you're off the balance. Okay? It's impossible, it's impossible to stay focused on yourself, that rage you have, and stay strong in faith. Okay, let's go to the book of Genesis. We're about, we're ready to close just about. In the book of Genesis, chapter 45, 
we have Joseph saying something here. Look at verse 5. Genesis 45, 5. Now therefore, this is Joseph speaking, now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me thither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Wow, that is something else. Joseph did not carry a grudge. Even, I mean, if my brothers did that, of course I don't have brothers, but if my brothers would did that, I would have been hopping mad. I, I, I would say, if I got in a position, I'd take care of them. Huh? I'd take care of them. Yeah, all right. I'd take care of them, all right. That's not right. That's not what he said. No. Let's go to uh, chapter 50 of Genesis. Look at verse 20. Again, Joseph's speaking still. But as for you, you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to, to, bring to pass as, as this day to save much people alive. You know, it's hard to uh, forgive or difficult to forgive those that have mistreated us. Uh, but we have to uh, do that. We need, need to look constantly unto Jesus for help or the Holy Spirit for help. In matters in the matters of unforgivingness, unforgiveness, you know, don't let it uh, boil over into hate and 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 so, so forth. Lay aside the weight of worry and care. We need worry and care. That's another thing that uh, is uh, holds us back, keeps us in babyhood. Uh, undue anxiety and worry are due to lack of faith. First uh, Timothy. We're going to look at a few. Real quick here and close up. First in First Timothy chapter six. That's First Timothy chapter six. Look at verse nine. First Timothy chapter six, verse nine. But he that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which down drown men in destruction of uh, perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith. There's that err from the faith. That weight that so easily beset and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. We can't have that. Turn with me now to the book of Matthew, and the rest of these will be in Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, looking at verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? It's useless to worry. It's useless to worry. Or carry a grudge. You could, we can put it, carry that one. St still Matthew chapter 6, going to verse 28. And why take thought of raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grew they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which 
today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven. Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? We forget that uh, we have blessings. God provides for us. And uh, we need to get on the right course on this. Amen. Glory to God. These weights that hold us down. Matthew chapter 6 still. Verse 32. After all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. God provides for everybody. He reigns on the good and he reigns on the bad. We just have to give him the credit, okay? Verse 34. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of things of itself. Sufficient is the day. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Don't, don't bring it, don't get overwhelmed by bringing tomorrow's problems or what you think is tomorrow's problems in today. That's doubling up on your worrying. We can't do that. And Matthew chapter, we're still in Matthew chapter 6. Let's go up to verse 27. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubic to his stature? Glory to God. Accept who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't put on a facade. Removing the weights will certainly bring you joy into your life. John chapter 15. And this will be the last one. John chapter 15. Luke. John chapter 15. Glory to God. I hear a few pages rustling. John chapter 15. Let's look at uh, the letter. John 15. Beginning with verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you, that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Hallelujah. Don't get caught up in weights that will beset, beset us because... We will ignore the blessings and put our thoughts on the negative and just draw us down. If we can just forget about ourselves and look to, unto God for our problems, our problems would dissipate. Unbelief and fear are, are need-conscious and self-conscious. Unbelief and fear are need conscious and fear self-conscious, pardon me. Faith is God conscious. It's time that we remove, remove the weights which so does easily beset us. Keep the faith. And not deny it. Remember I said those things he said we, we kind of deny those things. 
to bring us into victory. Amen. Glory to God. You're out of here quickly. Oh, glory. Well, not as quick as normal. Think about it. What weight have you been carrying around lately? Throw it away. So you can run a race and get the first prize. How many like coming in second? How many come like last? God sees you as an overcomer and you come in first. In order, in order to do that, we need to lay aside these weights that so easily beset us. Amen. Glory to God. Anybody need prayer this morning? Okay, let's all stand. Weight control. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that uh, our eyes are open, Father God, to a greater depth, Father God, how to lay aside these weights, Father God, that so easily beset us. I thank you, Lord, that there will be an improvement, Father God, in our hearts and our lives, Father God, as we make the proper adjustments, Father God, to lay aside the weights. And Father God, as we go our separate ways, Father God, thank you, Lord, that we are the blessed and that, that which we put our hand to shall prosper, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that we can speak good things, Father God, not only over ourselves, Father God, and our families, but, Father God, those that we come in contact, Father God, to give them a good report that they may hunger and thirst for righteousness also. In Jesus' name, amen.